0: Let's be honest, few humans enjoy meetings, and many feel trapped in meetings. As leaders, we don't want to burden those we lead, but meetings can seem to do that more often than not. We wanted to address the pain of meetings through the Meetings with Saints library. Here we have 15 plus presentations dedicated to improving the meetings we run. We have experts in the field addressing topics like getting people involved in meetings, staying on task, dealing with conflict in meetings, and a ton more. We'd love you to explore the full Meetings with Saints library over 14 days at no cost to you. You can do this by visiting LeadingSaints.org 14. That's LeadingSaints.org 14. We'll also give you access to all of our virtual libraries that educate about other leadership topics. It's really good stuff. So visit LeadingSaints.org 14 or click the link in the show notes. Greg Mattson, welcome to the Leading Saints podcast. Well, thanks. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah. And you are a fellow podcaster. I am. Or a yes. YouTuber. I mean, how do you, when people ask about your platform, how do you describe it?
1: Well, I probably say podcast. A YouTuber, I think usually has a, you know, not, maybe leaning more toward like TikToker or something. But, oh, yeah. Um, so you're definitely not my, a TikToker. No, I'm definitely not a TikToker. <laughs> my, my, my kids kind of introduced me as a YouTuber which is supposed to be funny. So I usually go by podcaster. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> a little more, uh, you know, it's, there's a, uh, uh, you can take, be taken more seriously. Yeah, exactly. You know, right? Hey, there's a little bit of substance nice. there. So. so what's the name of your, your podcast and how do you, oh, would you introduce it? Yeah. So it's, it's quick media.
1: Um, and then I run the, the show is called quick show, but, uh, quick is an old English word. Some people call it CWIC and some people SWIC and other things, <laughs> or think, think it's an acronym, but uh-huh. it's, it's an old English word that
0: means uh, intelligent and alive, kind of like being quickened. Nice. And you try and create some content that will help people be more intelligent and alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. exactly. Now, there's some people listening to this and they think, oh, Kurt, you you made the mistake of inviting Greg Matson on. He's a <laughs> radical right winger. I mean, but I think people don't understand maybe who you are and you're, they, it's easy to label people nowadays, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, uh, d- cause you get into a lot of politics, a lot of, uh, you know, current issues in the news as they pertain to the church and to BYU and, and whatnot. And so how do you describe sort of where you're at on the political spectrum? Uh, the spectrum. <laughs> or is that maybe not a fair way to frame that? Yeah. Know. You know, I, I think the spectrum is kind of
1: interesting. I, I, I do think that there is a natural spectrum, I suppose, I think most of it is the overlay of that though is mostly man-made. Um, I I I I first I I am not a fan of party politics whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I have not been a part of a, a political party for 25 years. Um, I believe in being independent and and I I don't really support either party. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think people might some people might think that uh, I I I I call a right winger or something like that because of the issues that I cover, mm-hmm. um, and so for me, one of the threats I see out there is a, you know, a hard left uh, return to kind of the '60s and '70s radicals, and 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 so I do cover that a little bit, and. And it's a concern of mine, But I would have the exact same concern if the culture was moving toward a hard right position. and yeah, and uh, have brought that up several times and and try to let people know uh, on the uh, on the channel on the podcast that that this is not party politics. And i I, I don't care to demonize people or politicians. I rarely cover anything like that. Um, i i'm i go i want to cover the issues i want to talk about them and i want to get them out there i think we have to get ahead of a lot of these issues especially Mm -hmm. in the church because this is something that i think will be entering the church more and more and more and and uh we need a platform to or platforms to be able to discuss these things and and not be taken by surprise with them
0: yeah yeah um and a lot of people i want to be clear i mean obviously i'm a a white male from Utah. And so I don't think it's any surprise if I identify as a very conservative uh, Mm -hmm. politically. And um, I appreciate listening to your content. I think part of it, I'll admit that you have a lot of maybe biases I do, or sometimes it's like, Greg's feeding my own dog food here. I'm gonna, Mm -hmm. this is great, right? But you do help me see things in a way uh, that I hadn't considered. And I think you do it in a way that even those that consider themselves more progressive would say, okay, I'm listening, Greg. You know, I don't agree with you, but I'm listening. Cause you do it in a way that you're not just getting on the latest talking point and pushing that and saying, and everybody else is stupid, right? Like, uh, right. is that a good way to- your Yeah, approach? I hope that's
1: right. I really like hearing yeah. that. I appreciate that. I, I think it's, uh, I was, I'll give you an example. I was, I was meeting with a, a number of BYU students yesterday and sitting down and talking with them, and we were talking about solutions and 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 perhaps you know what what a messaging mm-hmm. right messaging and you know the, the what we talked the most about was a positive message right we need a positive gospel centered message in in bringing some of these political issues in mm-hmm. and leading with that it, it you, a lot of times I think people on the right are the right seems to fill the role oftentimes of being reactionary. Hmm. and you know you have the left that kind of pushes out a little bit they 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 open up the boundaries somewhat and and then the right kind of reacts and i I think it's i think if we can focus more on the issues get ahead of them and talk about them intelligently open up the platform for people to discuss them from both sides of the aisle i think that's the way to go if you go out and try to be reactionary you end up trying to demonize ad hominem attacks Hmm. and and um it's just not very fruitful. You kind of preach to the yeah. choir.
0: Yeah. And there is this feeling like, and some may be listening and thinking, oh, you know, Kurt's just having somebody closer to his ideology on the mm-hmm. podcast. But, uh, you know, I refer people to like the Blair Hodges interview. Like mm-hmm. I've, to me, I've talked with a lot of uh, individuals who, cl- who would classify themselves as liberal Latter-day Saints. Then anyway, so I mm-hmm. encourage people towards that, but there is this feeling and some people blame, you know, Ezra Taft Benson, but there's this dominant um, outlook on the world of politics as more conservative and, and Republican, maybe some people even go there, but is that, uh, I mean, that's hard to deny. And, you mean and within the church? Yeah. It, within yeah. the church. And, and I mean, from your standpoint, why is that? Or, and, and is there a good reason behind that? Um,
1: you, you know, I, I think looking at things, I think a lot of it has to do with what came around in the sixties and uh-huh. the seventies, because you, what you see there is there was a radical movement. And, and that's what's returning, right? You've got the same radical icons of the 60s and 70s that are being held up and uh, putting up on a platform and, and being used for curriculum and mm-hmm. K 12 and other things. Like places. a radical,
0: like progressive movement, like yeah, in the 60s. Yeah, that- I
1: would say progressive is, is soft okay. compared to what I would say. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, uh, on, on some of the individuals. And, and so I think what happened was, again, the church reacted. Mm-hmm. You know, and went harder the other way, and said, no, this is this is anti family. you know you had it was you know basically sex drugs and rock and roll at the time, and mm-hmm. don't trust anyone over thirty and all these other things that were going on then and and uh, and so there was a turn. that's where you see the the honor code at BYU came about with the grooming and and uh, some of the other things that they laid out in the honor code and and that's also where you started seeing a lot more of even in the curriculum of the church, you start seeing a, a, you know, the screws tighten down a little bit on the manuals and and, and things that were used where there was much, much more meat and and references and and a flow of a lesson, for example, that was given Mm -hmm. um, because there was kind of just a tightening down of of trying to, you know, there was a counterculture movement that I think the church did not agree with.
0: Yeah. So what would you say to that, like the the conservative group in the church who maybe are are headed too far to the right or they think, you know, this says in the scriptures that it, you know, that this is a chosen land, you know, the United States. And uh how can you be a Democrat and a Latter-day Saint? It's impossible. Like, um what what warnings would you give to that that group? Um
1: what what I would say is I love what President Nelson is doing in, in talking about gathering Israel. Hmm. And when you think about what Israel is, and he, talk, he talks about God, you know, God prevailing, um, let God prevail. It's, it's gathering individuals that are going to be committed to the gospel mm-hmm. and, and creating a Zion people. That has nothing to do with being a Republican or a Democrat. That that has that has nothing to do with Fox News or MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And so, if if you keep that in mind, that hey, you might need to stretch a little bit. That doesn't mean you compromise, but you might need to stretch a little bit and open up your mind a little bit and say, okay, what is? It's really interesting because if you go back and you look at some of the stuff that that when when President Nelson gave his talk in general conference about. Uh, gathering Israel. Part of that talk was about racism, and he had yet he had those both together in the same talk. And what I've seen the brethren do in those instances is they, before they get into the talk of racism, they start talking about first an identity as a child of God, hmm. and so it's something that we all share first, and we can all have this. You know, we can think about our our identity hierarchy, so to speak. Um, they seem to be laying that out very clearly. Look, you 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 can you can be of a certain race, a certain skin color, a certain sexual orientation, whatever it is, but above all of that, you're a child of God, and and that's your first identity. And and so I think that you know if we can keep that in mind, we what is more important? Is it the country? Is it your politics? Or or is it gathering Israel? Mm-hmm. And, and if you can put those into a, the right, proper hierarchical structure, then I think it works fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, being patriotic, obviously. I mean, you've got Doctrine and Covenants that versus the, that support the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, you know, the founding of America with uh, uh, that it's that it's, you know, inspired and those documents are inspired. And they are a gathering point for in a sense for, for really the world. But uh, Stretching yourself out beyond your politics, stretching yourself out beyond your tribe, so to speak, I, I think is a very big part
0: of yeah. gathering Israel. Yeah, and you, you mentioned as far as the importance of getting ahead of some of these issues that often are um, in the political context. What do you mean by that, and why is that important?
1: There, there's, to me, right now, the, the 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 political charge is right now coming from the left. In the past, it's been from the right. Mm-hmm um but right now it's coming harder from the left and so it's been mostly incubated in academia and so in many ways it's been and and, and for the most part since those 60s and 70s it, it was it was a, it was more of a fringe thing in even in academia but that has been fostered to the point where it's developed much much more Where I would say that really culture today, it's not coming from the media, from Hollywood, or those places are building off of academia now. And and so really the producer of culture is academia, but because it's in the universities and not as much originating in in other higher levels of communication, it's been kind of quiet Mm -hmm. to, to a certain degree until suddenly you have you know, George Floyd and and, and then COVID and, and all these things kinda of happen at once and then it's like boom. Where where did all of this come from? Well well, it's been there. Mm-hmm. It's just not been at a high, high enough uh, call it a social conscious level uh, in the US because it's been held up more in the universities.
0: Yeah. And what would you say to maybe the more liberal or, or progressive latter-day saints who say, well, the the problem with our church culture is a lot of that direction and force is coming from the right side of politics. Even though in the media it's coming, maybe they agree or don't that it's coming from the left. But some would say, when well, that's the problem in the church and showing up is that the the subtle influence of political thought is coming from the right through. Sunday school class or whatever it is. I mean, is that I think they're thing? right. Yeah,
1: I think they're right. I think that that is true. I think it does happen. And, and uh, you know, the best statistics I think we've seen are, are that we are still somewhere probably around a 70-30 in the U.S. split of of people leaning le- right compared to people leaning left. 70% right, 30% left. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I remember several years ago, I was in the bishopric and, and I was sitting in a high council, or not a high council, a uh, high priest group Lesson. And uh, this was in a more conservative area and and uh, a lot of members in the area and 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 the teacher gets up there and he starts talking about what do we need to do to help our conservative movement within you know within the church? because look at what's happening. And then he brought up several points that were probably you know current events that he probably pulled from Fox News or something like that <laughs> that week, sure, yeah. And I looked around and I know, you know, a few of the members of the high priest group there that were, that lean left. And I, I saw them just rolling their eyes and okay, you just eliminated a number of individuals there in that, in that quorum yeah. that are, how are they going to participate with this unless there is. So I said something to them and I said, you know, look, the gospel is not conservative. The gospel is not liberal. The gospel is true. And something to that effect. Uh-huh and so if we're going to talk about an issue let's talk about the issue but
0: the politics probably need to be left out of this yeah and that's an um, interesting question that the, the uh, you know coming back to sort of the core um topic of of this podcast is as far as like politics and church leadership especially like local church leadership i mean i don't think any bishopric elders quorum president really site president wants politics to come in but that you know maybe through one comment in In a Sunday school class or sort of a rogue teacher in an elders core instruction that maybe says something like that then it's like ah you know so is it is just is it easy enough to just say we're just going to keep politics out or it's so ubiquitous that it's hard to do that at times
1: right i think it's very hard to do it and i think we're going to have to come up with new ground rules yeah i really do because we're, we're becoming more and more politicized um more and more divisive the left is pulling harder left, the right reacts and pulls harder right. And, and, and so it's concerning to me that, that um, there will be divisions within wards. I, I, I get a lot of uh, feedback from people uh, about things that are brought up in church and young women's class and, and elders quorum and from the pulpit even, you know, where, where more and more, it seems to me that, that Political issues are being brought up, and names are being dropped. Political figures are being dropped in in in, in um, fast and testimony meeting, or you know, in yeah. your elders' corner relief society. And it's like, whoa, this is, or even in a prayer, in or even in a prayer, yeah. sure. Yeah. It, 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 you know, and so it's it's very concerning, and you start thinking, well, how are, how do you? Is this something that's going to grow? Is it going to be more pervasive? And 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 if so, how do you handle this without? Um, you know, thinking, well, you're just on one side or the other. And because and, in the U.S., we're becoming so much more divided in, 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 the polit- in, in politics. And I, I think it is an issue that we need to be ahead of mm-hmm. and, and note that it is coming. Um, I, I, I get messages from bishops and state presidents and just ward members that are really kind of alarming in in what is being brought up and different books that are brought in for lessons and um political books and so that's it's difficult it's it's going to be a difficult thing to to address
0: yeah so what advice would you give to a a leader a lay leader in a bishopric or stake presidency that they what should they do in order to stay ahead of the issues or be aware of the issues You
1: know, I've thought a lot about this, and I don't know if I have a solution to that yet I, that, that I would feel comfortable with, at least. I, I think that one thing is is just mentioning that we need to keep politics out mm-hmm. and that we don't need to be discussing, certainly, party politics or individuals or, or any kind of an icon that would be uh, representing one side or the other probably shouldn't be mentioned Mm-hmm. In, in church. It, there's a different place for it. And, you know, what, one thing I decided when I was getting into this was that, for example, I was going to separate things even on my social media. So I've got a quick media page with a bunch of, you know, Facebook friends and, you know, stuff like that that are on there that are different from my... I've got a personal page uh-huh. that's completely different. And so I don't, I don't put anything political on my personal page. That is about relationships and keeping up with people and et cetera. And that way, I've got another platform where I can go out and I can, you know, I don't know if that's very um, practical for most people to do, but it's a great solution for
0: me. Yeah. It, it works really well. So, as far as like keeping politics out of, you know, our, our church experiences, it's easier said than done, love, because to one person, an issue is just a general love one another issue, maybe like, you know, Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. or, um, but to to others, that's a highly charged political issue. And people see that more as an organization, a politically charged organization and whatnot, where other person saying like, no, I just want to make sure I am loving everybody of every race and whatnot. Or Mm -hmm. on the other side, it's like, well, no, we're talking about the U.S. Constitution and all the amendments because President Oaks talked about it. We're talking about an elders quorum and there may be some on there saying, no, this is way too political than it needs to get. And so um, would you say it's easier said than done as far as keeping politics out of these yes, uh, church? Yeah, sure, absolutely. And, <laughs> and, you know, there's two sides to the coin
1: on that because, you know, Joseph Smith used to say something along the lines of, look, let people speak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we want to hear from them, even if it's they may be incorrect and we can correct that, but let people speak a little more. It's more like what we have with the come follow me manual. Now it's very open. There's not much in there. Um, it's more like a guide than it, it's a, like, yeah. yeah, if barely it, it's barely, it's so hmm. opposite of what we used to have. Same kind of thing. It's like, okay, it seems like the church is trying to foster that a little bit more and probably look for more discussion in, in, in lessons, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there is merit in saying, we need voices and we need different perspectives. I just don't know that we need to get too political. You know, saying Black Lives talking about Black Lives Matter is probably, I would think most people would understand that's a pretty pretty politically charged yeah. and probably going to bring more contention than the spirit. hmm
0: Yeah, rather than maybe a core doctrine of just loving one another. And even though race or anything is not mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's the, you know, then that's when it gets caught up, people saying, no, but we've been charged by President you know, Nelson that to root out racism. So we should probably talk about it in the elders quorum or whatnot, right. but then it just so quickly turns political. Right. And these are sort of impossible situations, I guess, but
1: yeah, I guess I'm kind of waiting still for, for kind of the follow-up yeah, yeah. on those, those talks.
0: And we're recording this the day before April, 2020. Yeah, so there may so be maybe there. by the yeah. time people are listening to
1: this, they they know that
0: we got it or yeah. I don't know, but yeah,
1: but it's, it, it's uh So I, I think that, you know, that's such an open statement. It's a very true. And, and that's usually, you know, I think what you get from the brethren is kind of very core principles and
0: general principles from general authorities. Yeah.
1: General (laughs) principles from general authorities. Uh, Some people interpret that one way and some people interpret a very different way. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, you know, Kurt, I don't know. It's, I think I think it's going to be something that leaders are going to have to really grapple with yeah. and 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 try and figure out and I think there's going to have to be more direction from yeah from church headquarters on on how to handle these things. Yeah.
0: Cuz it is you know it's easy to sort of have somebody you know being and maybe you're in a bishopric and you're in a, a Sunday school class and somebody says something and then it's like Oh, I that, this has gone political. I think I'm supposed to shut this down, and then you know you try and do that, but it's maybe it turns awkward, and then nobody wants to speak, and then everybody just tries to forget that hour until mm-hmm. the next week. We'll just reset and pretend that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to me, it's like we just let the let the conversation unfold. And if you're noticing that politics are more and more of a thing, or there's sort of this bad guy, good guy a discussion happening in the context of you know political parties, then, you know, I, you know, prayerfully address that the best you can, but these are, these are really tough situations in general,
1: right? Like tough situations. I think, you know, whenever I've been in a position of leadership and, and something like that has happened, um, I, what i've noticed is that if you can if you can turn the discussion back to a core gospel principle if someone brings up black lives matter and you and you go back and you talk about the book of mormon being inclusive of everyone and gathering israel and mm-hmm. and you know the gospel will go out to the isles of the sea and you know being inclusive and go back go back to gospel principles and try and get it away from organizations and you know, like i said if you when you bring up individuals and you bring up organizations that's that's probably not gonna that's not gonna fly very well. But yeah. if you can bring it and turn it around to a positive, what are the core principles of the gospel? And how, let's talk about those. And, mm-hmm. and how how is race with race? How how do we love one another more? You know, if we could just talk some basic principles like that, then it turns it does turn the conversation away from being political, and into more of a gathering Israel, right? And more more of a, a gospel based discussion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anything else as far as the concept of, you know, politics entering the ward and church that we haven't, that we haven't discussed yet Did we cover it pretty well?
1: I think we covered it pretty well. I, 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 I just would say, um, I get dozens of these examples that sent to me and every week and, and on know, both don't sides don't of, on, on of both sides. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's, um, I, I think it's, I, th- again, we need to get ahead of it. It's going to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we've seen, I think sometimes in the church in the past, we, we, you can see where things can, f- can fester for a while. And, and then finally we come out with like the gospel essay topic essays, right. Mm-hmm. And, and things like that, you know, where it, we might want to do some of those things earlier. Yeah. Get that out earlier in, on, on guidelines and, and protocol on, at you a know, award level on how to handle these things
0: yeah and i think then my mind just goes to you know what i'm learning is this you know obviously we're, we're getting this general direction of you know politics shouldn't enter these these uh, you know our, our church experience these classes whatnot but it's messy you know as in practice it it's tough because some people may not uh, think they're saying anything political and others think they are mm-hmm. and then it just sort of takes me to those foundational leadership principles of do your people know you do they feel like they're they're heard that they can approach you you know just these things if that foundation is there I think it's going to be easier to discuss and and correct if needs be these issues if you have those foundational leadership principles in place and just Agreed. focus there and yes. and uh, it'll it should turn out well in the in the long run let's mm-hmm. hope um, well let's talk about as far as you mentioned social media and whatnot with and I think it was I don't know if it was the same talk that president Nelson, or in the last conference just said, you know, don't look to social media for your news or these things, but we live in this world where, you know, when my father was my age, he would watch the 10 o'clock news every night or the, you know, the national evening news and you sort of get the information there. But now we live in a world that's saturated with content and it's sort of all funnels to social media. And that's sort of the natural, you know, social media is meant to draw people there to scroll and so we naturally begin to develop opinions and perspectives of what we see on social media. So how do you go about it as far as like getting a, a well-rounded perspective of, of what's happening in the world? Or how do you not rely on social media to stay ahead of the issues? Well, I, I think some people would question whether I have a well-rounded
1: perspective <laughs> on these things. But um, I think, first of all, my very first recommendation, and I say this often on my, epi- on my, my podcast, is I would stay away from TV news first and foremost, that is a formula for, for, to me, it's a, a bumper sticker world. Um, it is, it's primary, fo- primary focus is to demonize the other side. And, and then they go sell you products with their commercials and, and everything is shortened up so much that it, it is, uh, you know, they, they have to hit the emotional points within a certain, you know, a number of times within a segment. And so you get ginned up into, into this, this, reactionary state of, I can't believe what the other side is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just divisive, you know, it just becomes more and more divisive. So that would be my first recommendation is, is stay away from TV news. Secondly, social media is built in a way where the algorithms are going to, when we talk about preaching to the choir, that's exactly what they're set up for. So as you look, if you're on the left and you start pulling up, uh, you know, you're, you're going to certain platforms that are going to be, um, what you want to hear, you're going to get more and more and more of that on social media. So I actually get a lot of my news from social media, but I don't get it from, I get it from articles. So what I'll do is I'll go in and I'll follow certain content producers. And I've found that if I'm finding people that are thinking things through and writing an article on them, It's very different from somebody who's just being reactionary to what is happening today Hmm. and then trying to tell me about it from their worldview. And so that way I can have more of an intellectual take on something. Something's been well thought out, even if I don't agree with it, I can see a number of the points. And so I just have, you know, several different outlets, journalists and and outlets and platforms that I would say, okay, um, stay away from the extremes on both sides for this and then find those People that that I think are are very thoughtful in in, in their approach
0: mm-hmm. on the issues. Yeah, and, and that's one uh, thing you do on your on your podcast. I appreciate. Sometimes you'll take that article and say, you know, I disagree with eighty percent of this, and let's go through and talk about sure. it. And I think this author's missing a, b, and c point, and this is why. And then you know, again, that's a it, it's challenging you to process. This this information rather than just say, well, look at this headline. I can't believe it. Now I'm making a judgment on an article I didn't read. It was just a headline that mm-hmm. I scrolled past. Right.
1: Yeah, we're, we're definitely a headline, headline society right now. And I think, I think if you can, you know, the world is nuanced in so many ways. And and if you can find the good in different things and and common ground in different areas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I work with an organization now that that is has draws people in from from all different political backgrounds. And it's it's very refreshing. I mean, they're focused on a couple issues Mm -hmm. that they all agree on, but they have different backgrounds, different political backgrounds. And some people that have always been Republican, some people that have always been Democrat. And and it's focused on the issues. And it's so refreshing to do that, to say, well, I'm not demonizing this other side or that side. I'm focusing on this issue, thinking it through. I have people that... Are have different backgrounds that that agree with me on an issue, and um, see something positive in how we can message this and and get this out to people, and and so I, I think that if you can just sit and think through the issues a little bit more, and they're they're nuanced. Mm-hmm. Things are nuanced. There's not Republicans are bad or Democrats are bad. It's not the left is all bad and the right is all bad. It it's it's. Where do the gospel? To me, it's where do gospel principles meet up. Yeah, I want to find those, and and I don't care where they come from.
0: Yeah, you know, it goes back to the, the principle I always uh, remind myself of, and I is, I usually articulate in the context of the gospel. Of it's one thing to know the doctrine; it's a whole nother thing to be able to articulate the doctrine. Like, have I really sat with it and processed it, processed it in a way that I can stand and deliver a message about it or teach about it? And I think it, that goes rings true in the world of politics or news or current events. Of do I understand it or can I articulate my position and why I think as I do? Um, But it's difficult at times because, you know, I have a good friend that, you know, he's uh, maybe the opposite of me politically. And so he'll ask me questions and I just don't have the time or bandwidth to go out and investigate certain issues enough that I can actually articulate it. So I have to sort of default to a general, you know, to three other people who are maybe, maybe pundits but I know that they've done that and I generally trust them. And so I'm going to default to that position because I don't have the bandwidth. I mean, is that a a fair and healthy way to approach things? Or, I mean, maybe I just need to make more time for it. I don't know. No,
1: I think that's great. I think I, one thing I try to do is I think dialogue is so important and relationships are so important. So I have a lot of friends that are on the left Mm -hmm. and I disagree with them on a number of things and I agree with them on a number of things. And again, if you if you're if you're positioning yourself where you're just digging in to one side or the other, again, where TV news tries to try and take you usually, mm-hmm. it's it's you lose that dialogue and you lose the common ground that you're gonna have. And I just think that when you go and you think about gathering Israel and you talk about building up Zion, right? That is not a a conservative issue. It is not a a liberal issue, you know, it's it's that is it's above politics, and it means you have to stretch, and it means you have to look at different things different. you know you you have to look at the person first and find common ground on these things. I have a number of people on the left that I interview and that I talk to, and I'll yeah. sit there and I'll agree with them a lot of times, and sometimes I don't agree with them, and that's okay. But at least it's discussed. yeah you know we can talk about it. if we stick stick ourselves in a vacuum of our own political ideas, yeah then, it, it's pretty tough to, to have any dialogue and make any progress. Yeah.
0: And you know, going back to social media. This is the, this, is the big problem with it is sort of perpetuates the vacuum. Like you said, the algorithm does mm-hmm. that. Um, and then there's no, there's not an effective way to discuss an issue through Facebook comments. It it almost just gets worse and worse. You may think, well, I'm going to be open-minded and hey, I see that position differently. And then 10 comments down, you're insulting each other's mother. Like it's just, it just wasn't built for that effective dialogue. So we need to find places that are more open and and person to person. Twitter is the
1: worst of all those. (laughs) Twitter is definitely the worst on those things. And uh, no, I think that's right. Again, it's not thought out. It's, it's not presented in a way that, that, is intelligent. It's bumper stickers, it's slogans, it's memes. Yeah, um, And it just doesn't get
0: us too far. Yeah. And I see it. And I, I wrote a, a newsletter article around this concept of just the monster of social media that we keep feeding this monster, thinking that we're going to win people over by feeding this monster. Like it may be, you see it a lot when, you know, uh, thinking of in this past year, then Elder Holland had a controversial talk at at BYU and everybody's sort of spiking their football on social media saying, this is why I'm right. This is why I'm right. But there's no space to discuss. And so even if somebody has a point or a perspective or an article that I completely agree with, I would say, do not put that on social media because you're not helping, even though I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. There's just this it's just this awful monster that we keep feeding, thinking that we're making progress for people with people or we're actually going to convince somebody. Right. I mean, I'd, how do you see it?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. The problem
0: is, is that's where everybody's at. I know. It's the town square. right? It's, it's already the town square. So yeah. you say,
1: well, well, I'm just going to stay away from that. Or the, the, the problem is, is that's where communication happens. Yeah. And, and so I mean, I, I, what, what I would try to do in that situation is is two things. Um, if, if after Elder Holland's talk, as an example, uh, I let, I listened to several podcasts, I read several articles and went through them. And then I felt like, okay, you know, for things I trust that I kind of feel good about and, and from both sides. And, and then I kind of could go out and start talking a little bit more about it myself and, and communicating my points and, and whatnot, because, um, what social media presents in that instance, is so far from what, in many cases, what, what Elder Holland was even saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it, it, gets, it gets perpetuated with a narrative on both sides that is oftentimes not even, I would ask this, I would be very interested to know of those that got to social media about Elder Holland's talk, how many of them went through and actually listen to the whole thing Mm -hmm. and then maybe listen to it again and then made their own conclusions from the talk itself and not from the social media talking points, because there there's so often a disparity in what's actually being said there. Um, I do like the fact with social media that you do have, you know, if we included podcasts in there that where there's an an opportunity to have more long form discussion, Mm -hmm. whether it's interviews or commentary, um, Especially with YouTube, in that case, where 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 something is thought out and it's presented intelligently and 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 open, and there can be opinion there, but but it's you know it's nuanced and and you can see that if in TV news it's segmented and it's shortened so much that again it's the emotional trigger points that they're going to hit. They want the eyeballs, but if you go to YouTube, where it's not you know TikTok ish. And and you're moving towards something that's more long form and there's a real discussion from it. I feel like I get a lot more out of it. But I never go away from the original source. I, I want the original source and I want to form my own opinion from it.
0: Yeah. And not from... Not from what I get on social media. And this is interesting because th- we practice these principles, at least we, I hope we do in the context of the gospel, that at the end of the day, there's lots of commentaries out there, but mm. you need to go to the source of the scriptures so and contemplate them first yourself mm-hmm. before you, because de- so especially in this content driven world, I'm going to go, you know, see what this professor thinks about sure. this or that, but we really have to create space to go to the source. Well, and we were
1: talking before we started the podcast, even with the come follow me. Yeah. Right. You, you've got. All of these come follow me avenues, and I'm one of them, right? I do one yeah. of a, I do one of those, and and it's, but, and, and that's great. I think that that's you know I, I will say that in, with with Sunday school, you have people that probably at least have more of a background of, hey, some people might even know what we're studying this week, and, and <laughs> uh, they they've thought about it a little bit, and and so that maybe they can offer a little bit more and con- contribute to participate in the, in the lesson. But I hope that. I hope that we're going back and actually reading those chapters that are assigned mm-hmm. each week and not just relying on a YouTube channel you yeah. know, to uh, to get our perspective.
0: Yeah, I've been this is something I've struggled with and I'm sort of telling myself that sometimes at the end of the week, the only come follow me focus I've had was listening to different commentaries mm-hmm. about it and maybe if I don't have much time out that, that week, at least I can get just to the scriptural chapter and just mm-hmm. read the source first and say, because the comments can there, the commentary can be easy to access sometimes sure. rather than yeah. that. But
1: yeah. And it's in it's yeah, your car, you're driving, you, you listen yeah, to the podcast it and it's, yeah. you know, which is great. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot better than doing a lot of other things, and yeah. you know, and, and at least again, you're getting some awareness of what is being covered. And, and in that regards, I think the Come Follow Me program has been fabulous because I think people are more, at least, engaged uh, for whatever reason. I mean, maybe it's YouTube, maybe in podcast. I don't know, but seem people are seem to be much more engaged in the curriculum uh, and in the scriptures. Well, in in the in, in the discussion and commentary of the scriptures, at least. Yeah um so that's a positive but there's so much to liken the scriptures unto with yourself if if you're if you're actually you yeah. know getting your own nose in there
0: yeah so i mean this principle should be lived in the gospel and in current news and politics and whatnot sure. like what what's the source and what can i can i better understand i i feel like i've gotten better at that that there's this feeling, you know, of um taking things out of context and whatnot, or I'll hear something that in my mind I'm like, I can't believe that person on the left said that. And that's why they're the devil. And you know, I feel mm-hmm. that script is sort of going on my mind. I'm thinking, well, you know what? There's probably more to that. I'm just gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and realize that maybe I need to go see what exactly was said before I jump to a conclusion with with what was what mm-hmm. the the pundits say was said, right? Sure. Um before I leave, I want to come back to come follow me, but um uh, as far as like it was social media and posting. And I mean, how can, it's one thing to use social media as, um, to feed yourself content and scroll and see what's on there, but any advice on, on using it as far as posting and whatnot, should we, Because in my opinion, it's for, it's best for the, the cat pictures, show the grandkids at, at the amusement park and mm-hmm. connect and maybe re, you know, reconnect with an old friend or whatnot. But you know, but there's this article, Greg, and I got to post yeah. it and my neighbors got to see this. And, you know, the world is burning down. And if I don't post this, like any advice from the the posting standpoint or did we come Wow, I, I don't, I don't know.
1: I, <laughs> I, 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 the thing I think about there, and again, I, I, I'm in a different situation because I have them split, uh-huh. right? I've, I've got different avenues, different platforms there. But I think the thing that I notice when I see that, like, I always know it's usually the same people that are posting over and over and over again, for one thing. And I, I guess what I would think is what is most important to me in that environment? Is it a political, am I using that just for politics or, or am I using that for relationships? You know, I, I think, what is your purpose? What is your point on it? And, and it seems to me like it can be a great tool to add to relationships. Um, and, and maybe,
0: it just maybe think about that. Right. No, I love that. And, and um, you know, some, I think Facebook or other social medias have this, uh, you know, a uh, mute for 30 days or something when, yes, that is a wonderful thing. Don't, don't be afraid to use that, uh, you know, bless the, uh, the ward members heart who posted that thing, but, you know, I'm going to just mute you till that issue passes yeah, through the news yeah. cycle. Right. Um, anything else is uh, going back to come follow me. Obviously you, that's part of, you know, you don't just do politics or current issues, uh, current mm-hmm. events or whatnot, but you, you, um, put together, come follow me. And there's a plethora out there. It sometimes feels like what? why did you feel like, you know, I should, I should do my own.
1: Um, my wife told me to do it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll that move was, on then. That this was, <laughs> it.
1: that was, that was the number one thing. She, I, I had looked at doing a uh, quick media for a while and it was going to be gospel centered, but I was not planning on doing a, yeah. you know, this was before the come follow me came around. But as soon as that program came around, my wife says, this is what you're doing. And
0: yeah, so that's what I did. And have you already had, always had a knack for teaching or articulating the gospel or? Um,
1: I don't know about it. I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I really enjoy doing that. Uh, I've been a lifetime studier of the scriptures and and history and philosophy. And, and uh, so I, I kind of try to bring some of those things in and get some context to the scriptures. And um but yeah, I really enjoy doing that. And and I've kind of been, it's actually not part of my real personality. And, and my wife laughs about this all the time because it's, I'm not really that nerdy, but I really get nerdy when it comes to the gospel in in the sense that I really like to dig into it. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so I enjoy sharing what I've learned. Yeah, right? I enjoy sharing the perspectives that I've gained.
0: Yeah, and I think you bring uh, something a little different than maybe some of the others. But what would you say? Is there a, something that uh, differentiates you from some of the other uh, commentaries? Um,
1: so I kind of developed some of these things I call interpreters, hmm. and the interpreters are things. I'll give you an example. Um, one of them is the uh, is is what I call the royal procession. So when you understand in the ancient history, uh, they they would. The royal procession was like one of the center rituals for a, a city-state. And, and it was usually done every year. And so, you, you know, they did this in the ancient Near East, all, all over the place. And so, for example, in, in Israel, you, you, had, you had the procession. And, and this would be something that would happen during the, a coronation and usually during probably the Feast of Tabernacles time. And this is also the time where you had the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur that would happen. And so if you look at that ritual, you can see that the prophets, to me, and this is my estimation, have written around this and brought this in as a context for understanding things. And it changes things, for example, for Easter week coming up. So if I look back and I think, okay, well, the Egyptians used to do this and they would go move uh, uh, the bark of Horus around uh, around the city, you know, several times and then come in with a certain ritual and coronation. There was usually a sacrifice that was made. Sometimes it was a person. Uh, oh, wow. They moved beyond that after a while. And so it was <laughs> like, OK, we don't need to do that anymore. But sacrifice of a person was was kind of center to that, just like with the Savior. And. And then you look at Solomon, right? He, he, Solomon comes in on a donkey from the east into the gates of Jerusalem. Well, that's what Christ did, right? What's happening there? What is going on? And, and so you can look at that and say, okay, well, he's coming in. There's a procession. There is a way to come in. And he's going where? He's going to the temple to be coronated. Um, that's not what happens, right? That's the, that's the irony of the, of the story there because he does get coronated. But it's secularly coronated, right? He's coronated by the Romans after he cleans the temple. And, and so it's just a twist on the story of, of the mocking of, of him as the king. And it gives you a different perspective when you're talking about, you know, the king of the Jews. What is going on at that time? What is going on with the palms that are being laid down, the, the garment that's being laid down in front of him as he's coming in on the in the procession? And then I can go back and I can say, well. I can look at the Aaronic priesthood as a preparatory priesthood and, and the Melchizedek priesthood as the fullness, a higher law. And what does, what does the term maybe prepare ye the way mean, hmm. right? If coming from Isaiah and John the Baptist. And well, what if that way was the procession, right? And I'm, I'm preparing the way I'm moving, removing the stumbling blocks, make his path straight. Um, for what? Well, for the king. I mean, we should bring Christ in and glorify him and praise him and and you know, so, so things like that. you can follow you can bring some things in through these interpreters and kind of get a better idea of well, maybe maybe this is what the author's talking about if I understand what the rituals mm. were in that time, yeah,
0: so take interpret interpreter being you're you're going to frame a gospel story your principle in a way that maybe will be help you better understand uh, the doctrine in general. yes, yeah, yeah. and that's an interesting concept because there's this feeling of um as far as the concept of doctrine, where it seems so basic as far as like, yes, we go to church to learn doctrine or the church is there to teach us doctrine, but all doctrine, you know, there's core doctrines and, uh, there's policy doctrines and things that, um, we can say like, we'll make sure in Sunday school, they teach doctrine. Like, let's make sure our teachers are teaching doctrine. But I mean, how do you, what does that mean (laughs) to you? Or, cause it's, it seems so easy, but it often doesn't It's not, (laughs) it's not, it's not.
1: No, it is. It is. In some ways it's so nebulous, isn't it? Because it's, uh, and I think it's maybe, I don't know. Is that, is it that way on purpose? I I, I don't know. You know, like we have to work for it and, then I and, think
0: that, like, leaders feel that pressure, like, is, doctrine, is this doctrine? I don't know. This, yeah. you know, Greg's framing it with this. I, I don't yeah. know if this is right. right you know, he exactly. seems like he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But but so we don't, sometimes we're not even sure if doctrine is being taught when. Right. Anyways, I feel like we put too much weight on that. but Yeah, I think,
1: well, look, I mean, there, there's some core doctrines that we don't mess with. And and you, you have the doctrine of Christ um, and uh, his sacrifice and, and his atoning sacrifice and. Uh, what that means in our relationship with him. You have faith, repentance, baptism and the Holy Ghost. We get it in second Nephi and we have the plan of salvation. You know, these are, these are things that are pretty core, you know, in eternal families, the temple mm-hmm. work. And, um, but you know, what is being said by Elijah and you know, what, what happened with, you know, coming up in come follow me, what happened with Moses up on Sinai? What is that? What does that mean? I don't, you know, yeah. I, I think that's where discussion should be had. Right. That's that, That's where I think, come follow me, if people do have some type of a background, it does create more of an environment in Sunday school or elders quorum or leave society, young women's and, and the Aaronic priesthood quorums, where maybe we should foster more of that conversation mm. you know, where people can come in with their ideas. And this is what I got out of this. and.
0: Yeah. And I, and I appreciate this approach uh, through uh, interpreters or through this framing, because sometimes we don't realize we're doing that. To learn and understand the gospel. There's, we're always framing it in some context, whether it's because of our background, how we were raised or, mm-hmm. you know, what we majored in, in in college or whatever it is. And and because we have this strong tradition of truth and, you know, we we need to teach truth and truth is synonymous with doctrine almost. Right. And so. Um, but framing plays such an important role. And, and one example I often use is you see of the popularity, even in our faith tradition of the recent the, the chosen TV series. Right. Mm-hmm. And then people just oh, I love seeing Christ in that in that framing, in that context. And I can relate with him and whatnot. But you and even the creators of The Chosen will say, we're not trying to create an accurate portrayal of everything happened, you know, at the time of Christ. And but we want you to be able to connect with it. And so we don't reject that because it's helping us connect with Christ on a different level so that we can maybe return to some truths. But uh sometimes we want to dismiss that. Well, you shouldn't watch that because it's like it's it's not true, but it still has a place in our faith development. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think there's a spectrum on that. Yeah. It goes back and forth. And we've done it in the church. Yeah. It's the same thing with the with the, with the Sunday school manuals. You know, mm-hmm. this is exactly the way this needs to be. Uh, you know, when they got through uh, uh when when they created the board on this, it was uh, you know, they, they've got very detailed on how this is going to be taught. And, and you know, you, you may remember there was a time and it wasn't that long ago when it was very focused on, well, are you getting that out of the manual? Is that in the manual? Is that in the manual? And again, now it's just the opposite. It's yeah. like it's wide open. So we're on the other end of the spectrum right now. <laughs> is it going to go back the other way and the pendulum swing again? It could be. Yeah, yeah it could just, you know, if things get kind of, it's like you open up Pandora's box and, what comes out, I guess, yeah, and so the chosen I, I which a is series is i I love that series, and um it's like, okay, well, what can you put out there and it's never gonna be one hundred percent correct. You can go to any of the come follow me pundits and and
0: you know, look, it's not going to be 100% correct all the time. We don't right. know. Yeah. But I think just like creating space for allowing people to sort of venture into maybe a framing of the, the doctrine even or, or a story or whatnot, even if you may not agree. To, and this is something that came up recently uh, on your podcast of somebody sort of taking a Bible story and framing it in a way that's like that you completely disagree with. I disagreed. I thought it was a stretch, but. Okay, like at least let's have a conversation about it sure. and and explore rather than just shutting down and saying, no, you're seeing it all wrong. Let's go back to doctrine. I think there's there's more going on than just, you know, making statements of, of doctrine, even though those need to be highlighted so we know what doctrine is, but I don't know. Yeah, I think
1: doctrine is just tough to nail down. In that yeah. case, outside yeah. of the very core things, I think it's uh and that's why I think there needs to be discussion.
0: Yeah. Another topic I want to before we wrap up that I want to touch on is this, uh, you know, you've had a lot of you've talked a lot about Brigham Young University, um, that uh, generation, the young single adult generation and um, and you've met with a lot of students. And from that, any any pers- per- perspective you could share in general to maybe a, a group full of YSA leaders or or parents of of that age that would be helpful? Wow. Um so now you're almost getting me to get political on this. <laughs> I, I uh, well, we've touched on it a little bit, yeah. and, and we don't need to go there. But I'm just if there's anything general like that would be helpful.
1: But. I, I just I just think that um, I, I I think I think that let me put it this: way. I think parents need to be more involved, even with the young adults in these discussions and in these things. And, and uh, you know, what bothers me is that if you have some students that are young, they're just out of the nest, uh, they're, they go off into the world and they're becoming an adult and they haven't lived in the real world much yet. And now they're given completely different ideas that they were taught growing up in their family home evening. And and, uh, uh, you know, young women, young men's, and, and their scripture study with their family. And, and then all of a sudden there's this huge disconnect. That's my biggest concern is, is, is between the kids and the parents, um, a division. And, you know, one of the remarks that I get often from parents is even like someone that goes home, is, goes out as a freshman. And this doesn't is this doesn't apply just to byu mm-hmm. uh, but they go out as a freshman and they come back for you know to visit for thanksgiving or something like that and 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 the parents are like who in the world is this <laughs> yeah. this is my child I, they just left three months ago and who is this and they're they're talking in a different language they have different words they have criticisms of their parents that's that's where i i get some real concerns about um different ideologies and 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 practices that are seem to be very uh prevalent and pushed in academia um advice on did you say young women's leaders or ysa YSA leaders leaders or whatnot yeah i don't know i i i don't i don't have experience in there i haven't been in a ysa ward in a long time uh i i come back to the doctrine of christ whenever you can Mm -hmm. with with individuals talk about the doctrine of christ and focus on everyone as a child of god and gathering Israel, I, I think those are, I, to me, those are those are top priorities and in, in your hierarchy of focus. And regardless yeah. of what your politics are, you just go back to those basics with with those yeah. those young adults.
0: And I think with that approach, because there's that worry of like, well, I want to make sure that you know LGBTQ uh, Latter Day Saints feel at home here, a place here, and and these broader big picture messages can create that space say, mm-hmm. for them to feel comfortable enough to come sit in the pews with us. Yes. Right?
1: And there is that, you know, it, there seems to be on these spectrums of, of issues like that. You know, again, you, when you, when you're hitting hard on the other side of this one way or the other, it, it hurts those people that need it the most, you know? And, and so with the LGBTQ issues, it's it's like, look, if you're going to be extreme and push everybody away because of this, very uh closed idea of what the church is and what the gospel is that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not what the Lord would do. I don't think mm-hmm. you know it, it and and yet on the other end of these things I, I think there's on the lgbtq issue the the issue is oftentimes this hope for major change in doctrine and in the church and I don't know how I don't know that that's helpful. Mm-hmm for people either I think that what we need to focus on is we are all children of God and and um, the church is a hospital right mm-hmm. and, and it's it's where everybody should be included everybody should be brought in it is not a club of a certain type of person it, it is it should be open-armed for everybody so on that end it's you know be more inclusive bring everybody in you don't need to compromise doctrine um, you don't need to, uh, you know, bash the church or, or the leaders. Um, and, and on the other end, you don't need to make your primary focus of the gospel and the church to change it. Um, I think both sides of that are, 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 are you know, they're bankrupt. Yeah. In their ideas.
0: Yeah. That's really helpful. You're currently in a bishopric, right? Yes. Okay. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just curious. Hard left here. But as mm-hmm. far as just your, your general experience in, in church leadership, mm-hmm. Bishop Ricks, any other like leadership experiences in the church come to mind that uh, that bless your life?
1: Um, I would say the greatest thing is it, it's kind of from several different avenues, but it's just service. Mm hmm. And and making a difference in someone's life. I, I, I being in the bishopric, you get to work. For example, I get to work a lot with the youth, and and that is that's something I've always loved doing. And 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 I feel that, you know, I, I think it was Elder Ballard that said at one point in in talking about teaching teaching youth. You know, it was it doesn't even matter as much what you say. It's it's the relationship that you're building, and the difference that you're making in their lives. And 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 it's. Do you care, right? How much do you really care about these individuals, and and so that to me has been one of the best experiences of leadership is with the youth and and being able to go out and hopefully trying to make a difference with them and build those relationships, have fun with the kids, you know, and and build a relationship that is just it just becomes very enjoyable. I look forward to that. Part of the reason I love going to church is just to be around those kids and to talk to them and you know, uh, kid around with them and, and, and just build a, a relationship. The other end of that is in the ward I'm in right now, we've got a lot of, uh, um, elderly people. And so with COVID, especially mm-hmm. there was this, you know, this separation for them and your only connection with them was on zoom. And, and so the, the ability to go out and, and spend more time with them more recently and, and serve them and and get to know them a little bit better is, is has been really good. And so, I would say the the easy answer to that, the primary answer to that is, is it really is though it's service. Just going out and really serving other people and looking at it in a way that is not a checklist. Uh, What I've found is it's actually just building the relationships with those individuals.
0: Well, I got one more question for you, but uh, if people do want to check out quick media and the content you're, you're putting out, where would you send them? Well, I've got a website. It's called quickmedia.com,
1: C W I C media.com. Uh, that's mostly gospel based stuff there. And then they could go to the YouTube channel, and uh, that's just youtube.com slash quickmedia, C W I C. And then I've got, you know, they can find me on, uh, search me for,
0: on, on their, their podcast platform. Yeah. Well, and I hope, as, uh, you know, the listening audience has heard this, uh, you know, obviously, in there, we talked about politics here, the influence of politics, and, I hope nobody felt like we were trying to push a a political thought on anybody or whatnot that, but sometimes I feel like, you know, especially as a conservative, I feel trampled upon. I don't feel like, people sit with my perspectives long enough to understand why I'm not crazy or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. And to me, that's helped me be a better ally for, in the context of the church, for maybe more progressive Latter-day Saints as they sit in Sunday school and they feel like they're being trampled upon, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I hope this is, I, we'd love to hear from anybody and I'll, I'll forward any message on to Greg um, that I receive. If you have uh, you know, you want to uh, disagree or whatever, and sure, then I, I'd sure. love to hear it. Or maybe there's something we missed, or something we let's said. Let's talk. That, that's yeah. Let's imagine <laughs> that. Let's have a conversation. So, great. Last question I have for you. Maybe you sort of already answered it, but uh, I'd be interested in any other thoughts you have as far as your time as a leader, both uh, in maybe a formal church leadership calling, or in sort of this lead in this, this self called leadership mm-hmm. role that you're in, producing content, trying to to uh, help the your your world around you. How has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Hmm.
1: I think, um, well, so this isn't something I've ever done before and had never planned on doing until a few years ago. And, and, uh, and so what do I know what I'm doing? You know, I don't really know. And I'm kind of learning as I go. And if I keep that in mind, then you know, one of the things I try to focus on with understanding what the doctrine of Christ is is that he was he was always going to submit to his Father. He was always going to condescend. He condescends below us. So much of what that doctrine is is him condescending below, and that seems to, in many ways, be a a uh, parallel directly with the idea of love and and the love of God and. Uh, so what I, try, I think I think what it's done for me more than anything is is made me rely more and more on my relationship with the Savior, and and understanding Him and trying to understand the doctrine of Christ more, as I go out and and bring these things up and try to bring them back to a gospel-centered place. I I, I, I find that if I am when I am closer to Him and and when I am in prayer more often, that I feel much better about how I'm presenting things and and maybe some differences that perhaps I'm making out there.
0: Remember solve the burden of meetings by visiting leadingsaints.org slash 14 and getting 14 days access to the Meetings with Saints virtual library.